everyone, and this is episode 6 of Going Beyond Salvation, and I'm your host, Jess Robinson. And last time when we were talking about the book of Mark, I think I was saying Mark 14 when it's Mark chapter 4, and I'm getting Matthew 14 and Mark 14 because I was comparing, so... Um, Disregard if I say Mark 14, we're not there yet. It was Mark chapter 4 is what I meant. So, continuing on in our discussion, we are in Leviticus. And yes, I did kind of just go through all of 18 because it was all together. And it didn't seem to not make, you know, didn't make sense to just cut off where they had it cut off for the daily reading, but just go ahead and go through 18. And I'm going to kind of do that with 19 and and 20 as well, because they all kind of just tie together. So you'll, in your daily reading, you'll still read 20 for the next podcast, but we've already talked about it and we might kind of go back into it. We'll see how, how the spirit leads. So Chapter 19 talks about various laws that the Lord gives Moses. Some of them are similar, you know, to the Ten Commandments, you know, respecting your mother and father, you know, be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Do not turn to idols, you know, and then there's, you know, sacrificing of a fellowship offering, um, then, you know, in, in chapter 9, you know, he talks about, you know, do not reap to the very edges of the field. You know, it's, it was a way for, it was like a form of welfare in that time for those who were poor and, and, and the alien during that time so that they had a way to have food. So the Lord was providing for the people even in that time. He talks about not stealing, not lying, you know, which we've talked about before, not deceiving one another, not swearing falsely. And then it says, do not defraud your neighbor or rob him. Do not hold back the wages of a hired man overnight. That's a form of stealing. You're stealing from these people. Yeah. And then it's, you know, and he's. It's showing that he's a God of justice by, you know, saying we can't curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. He cared for the deaf and the blind. He wanted pure justice, not perverted justice, and that we wouldn't show, show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but that we were to judge the neighbor fairly. And the word neighbor here. You know, and it and it says to love your neighbor in verse 18. It's referring to anyone we come into contact with. It's not just the person who lives next door or just down the road from us. It's, you know, and that was, you know, always mentioned all the time. And it's how they were to treat each other. And so... And it says, do not go about spreading slander among your people. And today we, we know that as gossip. We're not supposed to gossip in front of, you know, people, which is hard 
Um, I noticed, you know, in, in my workplace, there was a lot of gossiping going on. There's a lot that happens and the Lord opened my eyes to that. And it was, you know, most of my week, the days that I was at work, it was putting my headphones on and listening to worship music. So I would not be a part of the conversation. I would not allow myself to be a part of the conversation. Which is hard because it's like, you know, small town like lives on gossip. It was like, you know, it was weird, you know, and and it just seems like if you're offended, it's dig up the dirt on somebody, which had happened. This lady got mad at a, at a sheriff's deputy and she dug up dirt on him that, and it was just like, what? But you know, I sat there and I said, that wasn't right. That wasn't right of her to do that just because she didn't feel like she was treated fairly. There's other ways to deal with stuff like that. <laughs> so we're not to gossip as, you know, as God's people. He doesn't want us to do that. And, you know, the words that you speak, it's like leaves. You know, you see leaves and they end up blowing away and they're, and they travel, they travel far because of the wind. And so your words, when you're slandering people are going to travel far and affect people negatively. And so, and then, you know, he talks about not doing anything that endangers your neighbor's life. We're to be cautious, you know, and, and to not hate our brother in our heart and, And that we're to rebuke our neighbors, frankly, so that we will not share in their guilt. So when we do see wrong happening, there's a way to go about it. But we should do it in a way to not share in his guilt. And that he also, the Lord says that we are not to seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people. And we've talked about that over and over about forgiveness and not letting offense take over our lives. So now some of those laws that were listed in here, we'll have to talk about some of them because they're interesting in a way. They're talking about not mating different kinds of animals and not planting your field with two kinds of seed. Now I know like as I grew up on a farm and we actually never did that, never planting the field with two kinds of seed. And it's just because, you know, like alfalfa, hey, if you want it to be certified, especially weed free or anything like that, you got to make sure there's no, there's diff not two different kinds of, of seed in your, in your plants. So I, you know, I could see the Lord's point in this and that. Not mating different kinds of animals. You know, we see... This is why I say mules are not are not right. <laughs> but I'm not going to judge people for mating two different kinds of animals. Some of this is actually like... If you think about it, like the two kinds of materials, which is in verse 19... What it is, some of the laws applied only to Israel under the Old Covenant. 
So you have to think that there are some that applied only. And then while there are others that are still applicable for those under the new covenant, covenant, such as not lying, not stealing, not murdering, those are applicable still. However, some of these were given in order to keep the Israelites from participating in the pagan practices. Um, for example, the, the woven of two kinds of material, it was probably based on the fact that pagan priests in that time actually attempted to practice sorcery by mixing different types of fabrics into their garments so the verse as a whole is addressing the principle of purity without mixture. So it's meaning, you know, don't mix. So don't know two different kinds of animals and, and not planting the field with two kinds of seed. So it means about purity. It's talking about purity. And then, you know, we talk about a little bit more with the sexual purity and then and protecting those who were slaves as well, protecting them, especially the, the female slaves. Anyway, then they, he talks about entering the land and, and plant, you know, any kind of tree, fruit tree. What it is, is that it was to regard, they were to regard the fruit as forbidden. And that's because first year it was like, they had to, I know for first year, it was because it was a offering and that it was to not, it was to be considered forbidden for three years and not eaten. And I know if it, it's because a lot of it was first fruits that it was to be offered to the Lord. And then after that, and then in the fourth year, all its fruit will be holy. And actually that's the off, holy offering. And, you know, some of these are like confusing, but what it is is, and when you actually look at most fruit trees this year, it actually takes several years for the fruit to grow anyway. So that's what it's, you know, when you're thinking about it, that's probably what he was doing was making sure that it had time to grow and mature. And then... You know, it, just some of these things are, are pretty much, you know, we've talked about, you know, not eating meat with the blood still in it. Think about it. And I know there's people that like meat that's rare, but you got to think about it. You're actually increasing your chances to foodborne illnesses. I like, you know, I like a medium rare, you know, but at least, you know, no blood in it. It's okay if it's got a little bit of pink in it. And as long as it's been in the 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 actual internal cook time that you're supposed to have. And temperature and everything. And then talking about divination. It talks about divination several times. And not turning to mediums or seeking out spirits. And actually, that is very applicable today. Is not to practice divination or sorcery or anything like that even like for example looking at astrology people love looking at horoscopes and that is like looking at or practicing divination and sorcery 
And I, I admit it, when I, before I was a believer, I would look at horoscopes. My mom and them, we would look at horse, horoscopes all the time. And it was like, and then I would get so discouraged when things in my life weren't lining up to the horoscope. And that's, and I had to pray a lot and I had to repent of that because it was like, whoa, I was practicing divination, Ouija boards, you know, I, people talk about Ouija boards and it's actually like a game. I found one like at Barnes and Noble and I was like, are you kidding me? You're selling this? And no, I would not welcome that, you know, and it's even like, what, like, I don't watch horror movies because that's opening up the door for spiritual bad stuff to come in and even like the books that you read and all of that the games that you play you have to be careful what what door you're opening into your home because there are bad things you know including you know uh pokemon cards people think pokemon is just innocent but there was you know i'm just gonna say you know i i knew somebody that there was Pokemon cards in their house. And as soon as those Pokemon cards were introduced, there was a de- there was a, a demon inside that house. And it's like, no, this is not going to happen. And so you have to be very careful about what you open up the door to. And then there is that discussion about not cutting your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. This is the big debate and I'm going to share that with you because what it was me, okay, so back in those days, the pagans, those that were sacrificing to like Malek and stuff, they would actually cut themselves. They would cut themselves as they were worshiping. And so that was actually bad. It was, they were harming themselves. And then they would put tattoo marks and they were pagan tattoo marks. Today, what I have to say is I'm not going to judge some, judge somebody if they have tattoos. There are people in our, in our church that I go to that have tattoos. My sister has a ton of tattoos. You know, she has a lot of tattoos. I'm not going to judge anybody. Me, personally, I I don't want any tattoos on my body. That's my, my personal conviction. You know, and I know that there are spirit-filled Christians that do have tattoos on their bodies. And a lot of them have been careful about what tattoo they get. And... You know, some of them have, it's very, very symbolic. You know, I've known of, of a couple who are spirit filled and the tattoo that this one woman got, it's because she had a couple of miscarriage, a couple of miscarriages before they finally had a daughter. You know, I'm not going to say that they were bad and you know what? They weren't bad. They were snowflakes. (laughs) They were snowflakes. So, and all I got to say is if you do think about getting tattoos, just be careful. Think about it. Pray about it. And, and, 
and really be considerate about what you think, you know, what you should get on it as a tattoo. And, you know, you hear tattoo artists say the same thing because it's permanent. So that's what I have to say about that. And then he also provides protection to the aliens that come into the land. He prote provides protection so that they are not mistreated because he wanted them, to, the Israelites, not to treat aliens like they were treated in, in Egypt. Now, does this say that I'm for open borders? No, I believe that in, in the U.S., I believe in protecting our borders and that you have to have certain guidelines. That's what I stand behind. So, um, just generally these laws were just so that the people could set apart and be holy. And some of them, yeah, they still apply to today. And some of them, you know, they were just dealing with the pagan cultures in that time. So, we'll end on chapter 19 on that note. So the punishment, chapter 20 of Leviticus, talks about the punishments for sin. And you notice a lot of them, it's death. But when you think about it, the punishment for sin is death. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, it brought death. And so when you think about it, yes, a lot of these sins, the punishment was death. Some of them, it's separation. But when you think about it, when you sin, you're separate from God because he is holy. And so when you're sinning, you separate yourself from God. And when you continue to sin and live in sin and don't have Jesus in your heart and, and you're not living in a relationship with him, the punishment for those sins are death. You know, and that price had to be paid for and that's why Christ came, was to die for our sins, to take on the punishment. And because of that, we have that ability to ask for forgiveness. And when we do, those sins are wiped away clean. And that's just what's so amazing about it. So I just want to, you know, kind of just emphasize that's what chapter 20 is about. And, and... When it comes to chapter 20, it's just, that's what it's all about. And... So, continuing on in, in the book of Mark, we continue on in chapter 24. Or not chapter 24. Oh my gosh! <laughs> This is definitely a day for me. <laughs> so, I'm talking about Mark chapter 4. And so, you're talking about, we see some of these parables in, in Mark chapter 4 generally. He talks about the lamp on a stand, which, you know, we've talked about that a little bit, about being a light for for the world. And so... Just being a light for the world. And so that I just, you know, you don't hide Christ. And that's the thing that this world wants us to do is to keep Christ silent because it makes people uncomfortable. It offends them. And it's like, no, we're not going to hide Christ. 
We're going to live for him. And it's just living for him and being that example and, and being set apart and choosing not to live as the world lives. I mean, like yesterday, you know, there was that conversation about marriage or sex before marriage. And there was a woman that I met yesterday and she was like, she has a boyfriend, but her and her boyfriend aren't living together. And she is old fashioned. She's like, I'm not going to live with him until we're married. And this guy that was standing there was just kind of like a jerk to her. And he's like, oh, you're one of those old fashioned. And it was like, uh, excuse me? Well, <laughs> you know, it was like, so finally, you know, it's like, hey, you know, she should be proud of herself because she's, she's setting the bar here. <laughs> and I don't think he liked that, but, you know. It's being that way, learning to live differently. And yes, you may be mocked, but you know what? It just shows, when you're mocked, it just shows this, the lack of spiritualness that these people have in their life. <laughs> the lack of Jesus that's in their life. So he talks about the lamp, and, and then he talks about the measure you use. It will be measured to you and even more. Who have, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. That, I believe, is referring back to back in Matthew with, you know, it, with the no judging and, and all of that. And we've talked about that, about judgment and all of that. And some of these I'm not going to go into depth with because we've talked about them in the book of Matthew. Um, that was actually a bonus episode on the parables. So feel free to go back to that one. Now, this one, I do not believe was in, no, this one's only in Mark only, the parable of the growing seed. And it's, when you think about it, a man scatters seed on the ground, ground night and day, where, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So what happens is, you know, when you think about the word of God, you know, that seed gets planted in the ground and it gets planted. And, you know, whether we're sleeping or getting up, that seed is sprouting and growing, even though we don't know why or how. You know, it's just like trees. Trees are not, like fruit trees, they are not straining to grow fruit. They just naturally grow fruit. You know, and all by itself, the soil produces the grain. And at, at some point, the harvest comes. And that's referring to the harvest of souls to, to the end times. He talks about the parable of the mustard seed, which we've generally talked about. When you think about faith, you don't have, it doesn't have to be big. When you think about a mustard seed, and if you've actually seen a mustard seed, like in Israel and stuff, they're really tiny. And it grows into this big tree. Like it grows big. And then when the seeds go, it produces a lot of seeds. So think about it. It's like, you know, the kingdom of God, it's, it starts out small and then it's, it grows big. 
Then we we go in at the end of chapter 4 in verse 35. It's talking about Jesus calming the storm. And it's just amazing this story of Jesus calming the storm. I mean, we, we talked about that a little bit in in the book of Matthew where, you know, in our lives, God is having us go into this storm because we have to get to the other side. There's somebody we have to reach. And we know in Mark chapter 4 that Jesus is going to the other side and the waves are beating against the boat and I was actually looking up the Greek word and it it means to throw upon and it's actually painting a picture of a heavy object being continually thrown against something with the intent of breaking or cracking it and when we see the storms hitting their their boat is filled with water but it doesn't sink and it's because Christ's word to go to the other side was greater than the power of the storm. So think about it. When you're going through this life, you're going through trials and tribulations. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's going to be hard sometimes. And I'm just going to say, you're going to feel like you're being, the enemy is going to push everything at you to try to get you to sink. But when God has given you a promise He's going to get you to that other side and you just have to cling on to him and his foundation, which is, you know, his word and, and Jesus clinging on to that because he's going to get you to the other side because there's a reason why he gives you a promise. There's a reason why he calls upon you to do something because you are the one that can get there and through the power of his Holy Spirit, he's going to help you to do what he needs you to do. And so that's pretty much it for the book of Mark. So for the next episode, uh, go to read Leviticus 20, verse 22 through chapter 22, verse 33, Psalm 31, chapter 19, or chapter, <laughs> Psalm 31, verses 19 through 24. Proverbs 5, verses 13 through 14, and Mark chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 24. And so I'm going to end in a prayer, and I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, Lord God. I just thank you, God, that you guide us through the storm, that you are with us, and that your name is unchanging your kingdom is unfailing and that lord i just pray your goodness to go with us and that lord we just give you everything in in our lives right now lord jesus i just pray that you would continue to guide and direct us give us strength to continue on in your word and continue to give us revelation and we just thank you in jesus holy precious name amen mm -hmm.